You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, this is Jeff Ellis, your host of Locked On Indians. It is opening day. By the time you're listening to this, opening day will be over. But uh, there was no joy in Cleveland as everybody struck out. Well, not quite everyone, but uh, there were only three batters in the lineup that did not strike out, which is coincidental because there was only three batters who reached base. If you've been listening to me this week through uh, a podcast, through if it's the Himalaya app, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, first off, thank you. Second off, you've heard me talk about my concerns with the lineup. At the same time, the last thing I want to do is over emphasize one game it is a long season if this was an if this was the nfl season we'd be in about minute one so it is a game uh hopefully this is not a lineup we're going to see for large stretches of the year but uh you know we'll go through and break it down uh it is opening day so we're gonna devote this entire episode to what happened So let's start with the good. Corey Kluber was Corey Kluber. Carrying a perfect game into the fifth, a no-hitter into the sixth. Uh, Yes, he gave up two runs and picked up the loss, but he gave up two runs in seven innings. If you're upset about his performance, then there's something wrong with you. Uh, Jose Barrios was better, but the Twins lineup is significantly better at this point than the Indians lineup. So he had a much easier job than Corey Kluber did. He may not have struck out a ton of guys, only five, but he was, again, it was what you expect from Kluber. One walk, just four hits, the two runs. Uh, he hit a batter late. Uh, my, a bigger issue, It's I know he had an extremely low pitch count, but pitch count is really one of those things we're realizing more and more outside of you know, a pitcher being overused, there's not a ton of value in it. The bigger concern should have been that he was turning over that lineup for the third time. And when he started to struggle in the sixth, I know he got out of it, but he gave up two runs before he got out of it. Uh, Francona just kind of sitting on his hands. I couldn't help but wonder if he just doesn't trust his pen. I understand it's early, but this is a guy who has always pretty consistently gone, had a quick hook and gone to his pen, and uh, that was not the case. He sat there and left a guy on the mound who was clearly struggling, who had lost some of his command, who, as I you know, mentioned before, hit a batter in that inning. Uh, they were very lucky that it wasn't worse, and most of that was thanks to Kluber making it work, even as he just didn't have it in that uh, seventh inning there. The lineup was about what we expected. I was uh, a little surprised by Taylor Naquin in the three-hole. And by surprised, I mean horrified. He's got no business being that high in the lineup. This is a guy who had a good half a season, but since then, I mean, everyone realized he can't handle velocity, and everyone's going to throw that at him. And in the three-hole, he went uh, 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. I would argue that uh, I don't think anyone had a worse day than him, and you have him in the three spot. 
I have no idea what the thinking was there on any level. I understand Santana is arguably the best power hitter available right now. Well, no, it's, it's Jose Ramirez is the best power hitter, let's be honest. But since he's hitting two, Santana is the... Uh, the next best power hitter, but Santana should be hitting three. There's no you. You really want Naquin getting more at bats than Santana? I know it's going to be a close amount, but uh, you know Martin had a double to lead off an inning. Uh, Ramirez looked like he is still pressing, which is what we saw last year. And then right after that, you have Naquin, who is good for an auto out. So it just it kills the momentum. I uh, again, I really don't know what any logic was in that um the only people i would consider hitting lower than him are stamets and perez i mean he's naquin should be no higher than your seventh hitter and you have him three okay i'll get off my soapbox uh bowers had an 04 but the uh upside to take away is he looked good and left he made, there were some, you know, there was a few growing pains, but for the most part, he was making good plays. He looked like he's going to be able to hold that position down. Um, again, we'll see what happens when Zimmer gets healthy, how they're going to move players around in that outfield, and if Powers ends up shifting to a DH or, a, you know, handling multi-positions. But I'm going to take that away. And he's one of those guys, I think, you know, at this point, when I go through this lineup, it's Martin Ramirez, Santana, and Bowers, along with Perez, are really the only guys that I expect to be everyday components throughout this entire season. Um, Hanley Ramirez, Roberto Perez, Brad Miller got a hit. Um, you know, in my projected lineup, I had him as the two hitter. I would have gone Martin Miller. Now, you want your best hitter in the two hole. I probably would have gone Martin Ramirez, Santana, Brad Miller four. And before you come at me being Brad Miller for he he is a former 30 home run guy. Let's let's keep that in mind. Uh, there's no one else in this lineup who can say that. Probably Bowers five. Uh, I'd probably go Perez six, Naquin seven. Who am I forgetting? I totally. Uh, you know I, I'm completely unable to do lineups without writing them down. Uh, change that. So it would have been uh, four Miller. Five Bowers, six Hanley Ramirez, seven Roberto Perez, eight would have been my friend and yours, Taylor Naquin, and nine is Eric Stamets. Speaking of Stamets, his best value is his defender, and his second best is his legs. He looked overmatched in the box. Uh, there's not a world where uh, Max Morhoff is a better defensive shortstop, so I was a bit puzzled by. Uh, well, it's because they pitch hit for Greg Allen, so they needed the replacement. I uh, I was also watching my daughter, so I did miss a few moments in that game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's just the problem. When Greg Allen is the first bat off your bench, ugh, I love Greg Allen, but I he's not the first choice. Jordan Luplow, uh looked like a guy that Pittsburgh was only too happy to trade away for shortstop depth and a really interesting pitching prospect. I, that's a trade I'm probably going to harp on all year um, just because I, I don't know what the Indians were doing. It's this year's Yonder Alonzo deal where I just kind of look at it and shake my head. We are sponsored again today by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. 
the only chewable little blue pill. If you are curious and you want to try one of these, uh, you know, little blue little blue pills you've been hearing about your entire life, here is a chance to get it mailed discreetly to your home for free. You just have to pay for shipping. Just go over to b l u e c h e w dot com, bluechew dot com. Use the promo code MLB. And you can get uh, a free trial. Just pay the five bucks for shipping. What can you really get for five bucks anymore? It's a cup of coffee. Um, everything goes well. You'll have more fun with Blue Chew than you will with that Starbucks. Okay, back to opening day. I mean, we've we've gone through most of the big points. Uh, the Indians always tend to lay an egg on opening day. Let's be honest. Uh, I think I saw that this is Kluber's third start and his third loss. In terms of the pen, Oliver Perez being someone, but he came in and was effective. Adam Simber uh, was, you know, faced one guy, same with hand. Uh, Simber being effective on any level is encouraging uh, in competitive play just because he was so awful last year. Um, I say I'm a lot. I know. I'm working on it. The pen is just so shaky. You're hoping Salazar comes back. Uh, Henry Martinez is sitting there in AAA, and I was shocked when they didn't protect him, and then I was shocked when he uh, didn't get selected in the Rule 5. I thought he was just tailor-made to be a player selected in the Rule 5, and a lot of people I really trust who were down there in AA, he was the arm that people were talking about last year. Um... Speaking of, you know, the Rule 5 in arms, I do have to comment on the fact that Kyle Dowdy, who the Indians got as the other piece in the Leonis Martin deal, uh, where they traded with Willie Castro, who, man, he'd be in AAA right now and arguably the second-best middle infielder available to this team if they hadn't made that deal. I don't fault them for making that deal at all, though. Uh, Kyle Dowdy did not make the Mets, but when he was waived, uh, the Rangers claimed him. So he is, uh, he's going to head there. It's going to be interesting to see if he sticks. I, the Indians liked him a lot, and he had a huge velocity jump with the Indians, kind of out of nowhere, went from low 90s to high 90s. Uh, he's a two-pitch guy. I think his future is 100% in the pen. Really smart guy. Talked to him a few times. Um, hard worker. You know, he was uh, one of those late-round picks who just uh, worked. And, you know, I can... Uh, talk about the like he was one of those guys you talked about for just how ripped and how much time he must spend in the gym like he was someone who it's like where does that velocity come from it comes from the fact that that's a muscular dude so Dowdy I'm uh, especially because he's a late round pick he got a really minuscule signing bonus I am so happy to see any player like that get taken in the rule five Uh, it changes your entire life because it changes your pay scale forever and this is someone who has made less than minimum wage for chasing his dream. So, uh, as an Indians fan, uh, it's kind of sad to see the Rangers claimed him. I would have loved to have seen him uh, in AAA working on his stuff with the Indians. Uh, he could have been someone who could have been an option for the Indians later this year. Uh, but for Kyle Dowdy, the person, I am happy to see him getting uh, a shot in the majors. Uh, if he is offered back, I do 100% think the Indians will gladly take him back into the fold. Other Indians transaction news. When they added Hanley Ramirez, they had to make some moves in terms of the 40-man roster. Now, we had seen this with Brad Miller when they uh, they were able to do some juggling and move Danny Salazar around. 
to the 60-day disabled list. When it came to to adding another player to the 40-man, uh, they had to go through NDFA Ben Taylor. Uh, Taylor had a chance last year. That's not surprising. I thought that one of these pen arms uh, were the most likely candidates to be let go. The official 10-day injured list at this point is Zimmer, Kipnis, and Lindor. Um, it will be interesting as all three players come back what they do. Um, I think you could see both Stemetz and Morhoff end up in the minors at that point if Kipnis and Lindor come back. And then in terms of the outfield, I guess, I mean, if you like Nate went enough to hit him third, he's not going anywhere. So I guess it would likely be Greg Allen. Uh, because with Naquin, you have to have Luplo as that platoon, and they like him enough to acquire him. So uh, those are going to be the three guys that are kind of on the block as we see the season go. And, you know, as mentioned, Salazar was there, so they have four on that injured list. Again, just looking at that pitching, what are we taking away? Let's kind of look at the three keys, as this were. One... Corey Cooper was excellent. Doesn't look like there's any signs of age. He was Corey Cooper, and he was making people look silly all day. Ran into some l trouble late. Third time through the lineup, it happens. The Twins have a really good lineup. And for myself, it was very hard seeing Marwin Gonzalez come up with that hit because that was who I really wanted the Indians to add this offseason. The Twins got him for a song, $21 million over two years. Um, what, a little bit more than Yonder Alonso got, and he brings so much more value. With all the moves the Indians made, I know they had to cut payroll, but I was... <laughs> Marwin Gonzalez would have looked really good on the Indians, and he's such an Indians killer, just not facing him would have been huge. Um, there's another, um, I should start a counter. But yeah, first takeaway, nice to see Kluber perform. Second takeaway... Offense was atrocious, as expected. Uh, just not a lot there in terms of Major League talent. I, you're looking at a lineup that they put out there today that I think is probably amongst the five worst that were out there on opening day. It, it might seem a bit harsh, but Leonis Martin has been let go by multiple teams. He was really good a year ago before his bacterial infection. Jose Ramirez is one of the best players in baseball. Taylor Naquin had a good three-month period over the shake the, his whole career. Uh, Carlos Santana is an above-average starter at first base. Hanley Ramirez was cut by his team in May of last year, and no one signed him. Jake Bowers is a young kid. Uh, Roberto Perez was statistically one of the worst bats in baseball a year ago. Brad Miller was let go by uh, the Dodgers after spring training, and there was no attempt to re-sign him by the Brewers. And Eric Stemetz uh, is a guy who has worked his tail off to get to the majors. I don't want to feel like I'm piling on him, but he is not an everyday starter. Uh, he... He was overwhelmed today in the box, and he was overwhelmed last year statistically in AAA. So it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Uh, the Indians are clearly playing a long game here and waiting for guys to get healthy. But I think the Twins also showed that this is not a team you can sleep on this year. Uh, 
adding Gonzalez, adding Cruz. They already had so many pieces in place. Um, I'm not going to count adding Shoot because I don't know if that was really a plus addition uh, compared to like someone like Dozier a year or two ago. But, uh, you know, they got Buxton hitting ninth, who would be no doubt hitting first first leadoff for the Indians. So uh, don't sleep on the Twins. They clearly have themselves an ace pitcher. They have a good lineup. They went out and made strong additions this offseason. And, uh, you know, they got some really young prospects just on the cusp. This has been Jeff Ellis with the Locked on Indians podcast. Thank you again. Week one in the books. Uh, We're gaining followers every day. I really appreciate the reviewing and the subscriptions and everything. You guys and gals have been fantastic. Um, You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. You can find great podcasts on the Locked On Network, no matter what sport you're looking for. And as always, go Tribe.